gentlemen you tuned in to an all-new episode of the rap lab podcast because you know it's sunday and you done heard the music drop rap lab rap lab it's your boy the motherfucking candy man the alfre to the d it's the one and only to's the dealio and it's your boy qg to aka max sweat aka the shirtless dreaded wonder <laughs> that's a long story people but we we, we black, jesus. black jesus <laughs> black jesus <laughs> The man who made that song and many other songs that we love, such songs as California Love and Dear Mama and a whole platoon of hits. We talking about one of the arguably the greatest rappers of all time, in my opinion, the GOAT, Mr. Tupac Shakur. Yeah. What's up? That's right. The greatest. Right. So uh, this is going to be a, very, a little extensive episode. So if you press for time, uh, you might want to come back later or, you know, if you... If you love us, like there's people in Rwanda, according to Spotify, stay for the whole time. So, uh, shout outs to you, Rwanda. So, we're going to get into business uh, extremely quick because, you know, this Tupac, we could sit here for hours and talk about this man. Yes, um, so, Tupac, uh, born Paris Lassane Crooks uh, to Afini Shakur and uh, Billy Garland, was born in Harlem, New York, USA. And uh, he bounced around a lot in his childhood. QG, you want to fill the people in? Absolutely. Uh, Tupac being born in New York, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of people are confused, but for those that know, they know he was born in Harlem. And he did move around a lot, you know, because, again, of his panther lineage, you know, of his panther lineage and and, uh, the FBI being so hard on his family. So they went to Baltimore, Maryland, and in Baltimore, Maryland, Maryland, Mac, you could touch on this. Where did he go when he was in Baltimore, Maryland, to school? Well, when he went to Baltimore, guys, well, first of all, let's not forget when he went to Baltimore, he did meet a specific someone and he went to Paul Lawrence, 
well, he actually did eighth grade first, and I think it was Roland Park School. I think that was when he was in middle school. But yep. then after that, he went to the Baltimore School of Arts, and a lot of people don't know. There's not just, just the music. He was there for, like, poetry. He was there for acting. He was doing a lot. He even did some of uh, Shakespeare's plays, which I didn't know that. Shakespeare well, was his favorite. Well, hold on. Let's let, let's let's backtrack for a second. Uh, QG, you said that the FBI was was uh, was monitoring them. Can we get into just for one split second for the people that may not know why the FBI was uh, monitoring the Shakur family? Well, two, well, 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 well. Tupac Shakur's uh, stepfather, Matulu. He was uh, accused of planning to bomb certain areas and indictments on bank robbery charges and weapons charges. And again, this all ties in with the COINTEL pro program established by J. Edgar Hoover to assassinate, wipe out, and incarcerate any black liberal movement. So Afini Shakur was also implicated in those charges. And she was going to face a lot of time in prison. She defended herself herself very well and she was able to get off those charges but when you beat the system they're still on you so they were really after her mother you know after her and it was hard for her to get a job that's why she moved around a lot she had family to attend to matula shakur was incarcerated unfortunately so a single mother raising children it was very difficult and and let's not forget uh, auntie asada to this day is still on the uh fbi fugitive list and she was the yes. one. She was the one they were after the most. Yeah, yeah she uh, she killed yes. two uh, yes. New Jersey state troopers on the New Jersey Turnpike. Um, went to prison. Ironically, she was in the same prison that uh, Tupac was. Clinton Correctional, which we'll touch on a little later. Uh, broke out of prison with the help of Matulu and several others. And uh, when they were confronted, she killed the cops again. And then yeah, she's now in Cuba and. Everybody has been asking for her to asking Cuba to bring her back to America. Cuba gave her political asylum, and she's been over there. She's a college professor and all that good stuff. Uh, so yeah, I don't think she'll ever touch American soil ever again. But uh, back to uh, Mr. Tupac. Um, so he's in Baltimore. Um, and by the way, um, Broomfield should have been able to buy that tape. But that's Ooh, a, that's a, that's, that's, why do you? To get choked. You have to bring up that no good documentary. Why? Why do you bring that up? <laughs> Listen, he went to Baltimore. He spoke to somebody that went to high school with Tupac. Oh, they played the tape. The tape didn't even work. And he offered the guy a million dollars for the tape. The guy said no. I want you people out there to look at this documentary and take a look at Blue, take a look at this guy, Broomfield. Does he look like he has a million dollars? Well, that film made him more than a million dollars. And where's he at now? He's sitting home uh, um, collecting royalty checks because that movie used to get played so much, and it's on well, Netflix. Good. Uh, well, good. Check out Biggie and Tupac. Don't it's come on, out it's for on nothing Netflix. anymore. <laughs> right, and if you and if you watch it, cancel your subscription now. <laughs> anyway, uh, so while he's in high school, as Mac alluded to, um, he met somebody uh, very special. Uh, will go on to be a lifelong friend of his, Miss Jada Pinkett, now known as Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, they they form a really a really close friendship, but the friendship it doesn't it doesn't get severed because again they stayed friends. But his time in Baltimore comes to an end when he's forced to go to the Bay Area. I believe it's Marin City, if I'm correct. Marin, yes, it's Marin yeah. City. Marin's he goes he goes to Marin City, which is in the Bay Area, over by uh you know Sacramento, Oakland, that that area, California. 
And that's when he really picks up on the music. Uh, he runs into uh, Layla Steinberg, who plays a very a very pivotal part in Tupac getting his first record deal. Um, he goes to an open mic. He goes in there as MC New York. So he's not even Tupac yet. That's right. You know, spelled with the number two and the PAC. He's 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 just a young kid, but he calls himself MC New York. Meets Layla Steinberg, and she's just so blown away by by his ability that she is like, oh well, you know, I know Digital Underground, you know, Digital Underground, Shock G, Money B, and the gang, and yeah, so she takes him to she takes him to Digital Underground to meet them. Uh, he spits something for Shock G, and they bring him on as a roadie. Uh, QG, you want to enlighten us about that a little bit? Absolutely, uh, Atron. Gregory was the person that um, that Steinberg introduced him to, and Atron was uh, managing Digital Underground. So they brought him in, and he meets Digital Underground in the studio, and Pac is all business. He's like, hey, how you doing, Shop G? Hi, nice to meet you. Can I rap for you right now? So he's busting these raps, and they were just blown away by his passion and his energy. And they said, okay, you know, we're going to throw you in here. You know, I mean, you'll be working. You'll be our roadie. He was carrying bags. He was doing the Humpty dance with underwear, no shirt, just dancing around, just paying setting his up, dues. Set, setting up DJ equipment. Exactly. He was so, paying his dues. And then one day, he got his big break. Yeah, he would... Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember what soundtrack this song was on, but he was on the same song. It was and he the, got a yes, trouble. It was the Nothing But Trouble movie. And I completely forgot that that was even on the soundtrack. He right. was in the movie. Pop it was, was in there. Digital, Digital Underground had that little scene where they performed same song in the movie. And they had a they had a good cast. I think it was who? Uh, Dan Aykroyd, the late John. Oh, King. oh, oh, yeah, Chevy Chase. Chase. Oh, yeah, everybody was in there. It's been a long time since I saw that movie, but it, I, I, I ain't gonna lie, I completely forgot that song was even on the soundtrack. And Al, Al, I told you about the video. You see the the cameo appearances of uh, Dre and Easy in there. Yep. And um, and that and that song is very that song is very is very pivotal in Tupac. Like again, that's like his first major song. He didn't even get a full sixteen, but he was still in the music video. He still yeah. had a part in the song, and that's what catapults him into everything. Now, while still a member technically of Digital Underground, he would go on to release his uh, solo debut album, uh, Tupacalypse Now. Uh, let's go around the room real quick. And you know, when you first heard Tupac Tupacalypse Now, your initial thoughts. So, uh, T.O., we start with you first. When I first heard it, I thought it was a you know a cool album because I felt like Tupac's range was going in different directions of topics he was talking about. He was talking about reality, the struggles, but at the same time, I thought he was having fun in some of his songs. Now, of course, you know one of the biggest hits that you know everybody knows from that era was Brenda's Got a Baby. Although a specific someone on this particular uh, specific uh, podcast, come on, yeah, we're not going to mention any names. Come on, he said, yeah, he says he says he has to be in the mood to listen to it. He can't just listen to it because it's a good but song. Beyond that, it 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 was like we needed it at this time. Tupac was really feeling as bit of a conscious rapper. Absolutely, that's how, that's how I took it. I felt he was a little bit on a conscious level a bit, but at the same time, he was having fun. Now, one of the most jam songs off that album 
if my homies call. I know that's it's a lot. My favorite, that's my favorite song on that album. Hey, hey, well, why not? It's a jam right there. Yep. Great, 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 great um, album. Uh, uh, QG, yeah. go ahead. Your your thoughts on Tupacalypse now. Uh, my thoughts on Tupacalypse now. Very powerful, very, very political, and socially aware, because he spoke about police brutality. He yep. was talking about single parenthood. He was speaking on issues that the African-American community was dealing with, with drugs and everything. So he took all those concepts and he brought it to the forefront. And he even used himself as an example. Yes, he did. And he told it from his view and his perspective. It was down and dirty. It was raw. It was nothing clean about it because everything he was talking about was reality. So when I heard it with songs like Trapped, Oh. songs well yeah uh, words 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 of wisdom is very educational speaking about the history of the slave trade and slave days and presidents and Pac was just so so far ahead of the game and it was just a great album and like you guys said he's young he's having fun and he's putting all that energy into his music but 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 for Pac to come out of nowhere with uh wouldn't say a controversial, not even controversial, but it was also about social issues type album right off the bat. Yeah. And, you know, he's like you say, he's talking about racism, black on black crime. He's explaining everything out That's there. Right. In the world. He explained yeah. everything. Al, what about you when you heard it? So now here's my thing. Um, on previous episodes of this podcast, I did say that, you know, I got to be in a certain mood for Brendan's have a, got a baby. Now I'm about to get flamed for what I'm about to say. But Uh-oh. that's okay, because everybody's entitled to their opinion. Now, I love Tupac. However, when I when I rank my... Now, I'm not saying the best, but when I rank my favorite Tupac albums, as in what would I prefer to listen to, Tupac, Tupacalypse Now is my second to least favorite of, all, of the whole discography of the man. Only because I feel like the album is lacking polish. Like, if you listen to Tupacalypse now, now the music is great. I'm not taking anything away from the music. But with the exception of If My Homie Calls, most of the songs don't even have hooks. He's just straight rapping, if you yeah. if you, if you you realize. I just yeah. think, I, I don't think that he really, at the time, really knew how to format a song, if you, if you catch my drift. I think Tupac was young. He just had a message he wanted to get out. So he just cool. went in the booth and just recorded what he needed to record. Well, and they let him go. When he was not really much of a rapper. Yeah, I mean, and 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 they let him go. They let him vent out his frustrations. They let him express his creative powers. They gave him creative to make the songs. But later on, he learned how to become more polished and master the formula. But we'll definitely get into that. That is a good assessment of that album. Yeah, and and again, the album lacked polish uh, compared to his later works. The the even the instrumentals that he used weren't. Did, weren't as good as what he would would go on to use um and then also tupacalypse now is not without its controversy um in in 1992 uh in texas a young gentleman by the name of ronald ray howard who was 19 at the time was pulled over by the police he ended up murdering the officer who pulled him over and uh when he was arrested later on uh he said that he was listening to soldier story from tupacalypse now and uh, that's what uh, that that's what sparked the controversy. It even got to the point where the officer's widow ended up suing the uh, suing Tupac, and he even had a deposition while he was locked up in '95, 
where uh the, you know he was asked if he didn't like cops and if he and if his music told people to go ki- kill cops and all that type of stuff. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's interesting you brought that up because when all that happened, all of a sudden here comes the controversy with the political power because now you have at this time U.S. Vice President Dan Quayle. That bastard. Going right after Pac, saying that this album, there's no reason for a record like this to be released. It has no place in our society. So he mentioned Tupac by name. And Pac is 21 at the time, 19, 20, 21 at the time. And he's bugging out. Like, the vice president is mentioning my name is being mentioned. With all the stuff going on in the world, I'm the one being looked at as the bad guy. So... Yes, all that situation happened, and it, and it drove the political fuel into Tupac. And um, yeah, and and not to mention, and we'll get into this later, but Tupac had his a fair share of uh, enemies up in Capitol Hill. Um, Dan Quayle being the most outspoken, and uh, a, a, a older woman who we will who we will get to. Now, <laughs> also the following year after Tupacalypse Now is released. Tupac stars in his first motion picture. Oh, hold up. Which, ta- up. Oh, boy. <laughs> which, take, which takes place in T.O.'s neighborhood. I mean, T.O.'s backyard, I should say. And yeah, yeah, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, the, name, the name of the film is Juice and also stars a very young Omar Epps alongside Tupac. So, T.O., since this movie took place in your backyard, would you like to fill the audience in on the, the, the classical film known as Juice? Well, everybody knows the film Juice. Well, if you actually, before I get to the film, um, well, we know Tupac since we talk about him. He's he plays the uh role of was it was a Roland Bishop. Roland and, Bishop. Uh, it, was, it was four friends that includes Q, uh, Bishop, Raheem. Hey, Ace, hey, yeah, and, yeah, that's right. How you doing? <laughs> but <laughs> come on, man. But, I mean, um, you said Q, so I mean, I'm right here. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Yeah, this this happens every episode, everyone. But, you got um, the, ju- you got take, the juice now. This took place in Harlem, but um, if I'm not mistaken, as we get into the field, um, QG, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Tretch audition for Bishop first? Tretch auditioned for Bishop first. First off, for everybody out there, the movie was directed by Ernest R. Dickerson, and when the audition came up, Tretch was going to to audition for the role of Bishop, and Pac was with him. So Trench is reading the lines and everything like that. You know, he's reading the script. And then Ernest is like, well, how about your friend? How about you have him try it and read it? Oh, and boy. He, he grabbed that script and he read that scene, this, the, the, the particular scene with Omar Epps, where they were arguing in Steele's parents' apartment about, you got to snatch some cows and let them know you there to take them. He said it with so much fire and so much passion and anger. He was a shoo-in to get that role. Church was like, I don't even want it no more, man. You can have it. <laughs> hey, man. But didn't Church get like a minor cameo in the movie, if I'm not mistaken, with he, a line he, or two? He, he yes, yes. Of, well, the case Rodimus crew. Rodimus, he was part of Rodimus crew. Rodimus was the uh, Puerto, was he Puerto Rican, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, the so Puerto Rican gang. Church it, it, was there. Sense, they were four friends. You know, they all having a cool time until uh, a specific person, Bishop, gets too damn triggered happy. So now he's starting to show his true colors because at this time throughout the movie, now he's just not giving a damn. And you can, and, and there's one specific scene where one, well, he killed Raheem, bastard. Two, he even told Omar Epps' character Q, he's like, look, I don't give a fuck 
fuck about you. I don't give a fuck about Steel. I don't give a fuck about Raheem. I don't give a fuck about myself. And until then, I ain't shit. And guess what? You ain't shit because you were no man less than me. So he People went, believed it. People believed that's who he was. This is why Tupac, in my opinion, when I saw Juice, I said, yo, this man is crazy. When I meant by that, even though he did say, you know what? I, I ain't gonna lie. I was tripping when you said it. But you know what? I am crazy. But what, the, what I mean by this is, look at the range of how much of a great actor he was in that movie. He played Bishop like there was actually a real Bishop. Yep. Brought it now, to life. Course, the movie made $20 million. And if everybody remembers the ending scene, okay, he had his down here. His demise was coming soon. Riverside, motherfucker. Oh, God. He said, oh, I think we lost Keep it. it. <laughs> bop, bop, bop. Keep it Riverside. clean. Riverside. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if they ever do a Juice Part 2, you might see T.O. be able to audition. Oh, please. No, no, I'm not touching that classic. Never. T.O. could be Bishop. No. Yeah. I'm yeah. not touching. No, no, no. I can't do T.O. could be Bishop. T.O. could be Bishop. Bishop belongs to Tupac. No one can't recreate or reenact that particular role. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, they were thinking about doing it, and they had Soldier Girl was going to play Bishop. <laughs> oh, hell no. Soldier Boy, no. sir. Don't confuse me. Soldier Girl. No, 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 I'm not. Soldier Girl. I said that. You. Doom, doom. Yeah, you. Here. Get out of here and stay out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on. Um, But shortly after Juice, um, Tupac runs into, uh, well, before, before, slightly before, and I forgot, skipping around, you know, so Tupac's on the come up, Marin City. Uh, he starts to have incidents with police. Um, he gets brutalized in Oakland. Uh, we touched on this in a prior episode, so we're not going to spend too much time on it. Um, brutalized in Oakland by Oakland PD. He was just crossing the street. The cops stopped him, gave him his ID. They, they thought his name was fake because his name was so unique. And the cops, uh, for lack of a better term, just beat they beat him. Um, Tupac later on, and the videos are on YouTube where he shows off his scars. There's an infamous picture of him uh, sitting on a bed with, with with his eyes swollen and his face purple. And um, yeah, so he sued the uh, the, the Oakland PD and got, uh, I believe, like around somewhere in the estimate of uh, $750,000, which he turned around and bought a coupe with. He got and, less. We oh, got what the he, official number now. He he filed for a ten million dollar lawsuit and he settled and he settled for forty three thousand. Damn what? Ooh, why did he give up? So, ooh, forty three thousand out of a possible ten million? Yikes! I mean, Pac said he was tired of going back and forth to court and you know just dealing with the case because they dragged it out. You know, I mean, it's clear evidence this day that he was brutalized by the cops, but he just settled and like you said, he bought a coupe and that was it. Yep, and then uh, right after Juice is released. Um, there is a shooting of a young man named Kai T uh, Walker Teal. Uh, QG, you want to fill us in on that shooting? Oh man, uh, yeah, this was this this was a turnaround in Pac's life in August of 1992 in Marin City. Yep, you know, back Pac's, in the day. Yeah, Pac is in the Bay and he's performing at he, he's at this outdoor festival. He's signing autographs, posing for pictures. A uh, conflict broke out, and um, allegedly Pac. Uh, had his gun and then he dropped it. Someone picked it up and it accidentally discharged. And about a hundred yards away in a schoolyard, um, uh, the, uh, the kid, um, Quade Walker Teal 
he was six years old on his bike and he was fatally shot and killed. He was shot in the forehead. And yeah. the, uh, you know, the police, you know, they, they, they matched the bullet registered in, you know, Pac's gun. And uh, his stepbrother was arrested, but no charges were filed. There were lack of witnesses. And uh, Wade's mother filed a lawsuit on the wrongful death of uh, 300000 to 500000 And Pac maintained till this day, you know what I'm saying? Stupidness and ignorance was the cause of what happened and, to young Quay. And and that whole fight could have could have could have been avoided because according to, you know, people that were there, um, the conflict started because those people that started that conflict with Tupac and his crew accused Tupac of being a sellout and he ain't he, he don't represent the hood no more. Blah 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 blah. And yeah, that's what that's what started the whole thing. Yeah. And then not not to make matters worse, but then later on, um, a couple months later, he's in Atlanta. Uh, he's in he's in a limo, uh, being driven somewhere. He tells the limo to stop because he sees these uh, two undercover police officers brutalizing a black man, and uh, he shoots at him. You got and you got to have some real balls to shoot at the police. Uh, T.O., you wanna you wanna fill the people in on on this uh, subject? Well, I mean, it's not much to say, but that he did did shoot at the officers because, hey, like like you said, I guess Pac, like I said, Pac is coming from a Pacific era where, you know, his family was po- politically involved and socially involved with, you know, the Black Panthers and everything. So even in the scene that you see it from, um, what was the movie we had uh, recently, All Eyes on Me, there's one specific scene that you can see the man, uh, actually Pac's character walking through the backyard. I think it was near a school, but you could actually see two officers brutalizing a specific black man. So, you know, Pac is not really happy and he's looking on, but then all of a sudden you see him. He, like you said, Al, he, you have to have real balls to shoot at officers like that. And, and these cops you, were, these cops were drunk. Yep. And they, they were off duty. Drunk. Right. Drunk off duty cops beating up somebody. And, 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 and that pisses me on to this fact, day. Like, yeah. We got off-duty cops out of nowhere. Like, yo, we don't even believe that you even uh, a cop. Because, you know, it, it's easy for us to aware how people dress these days, especially the so-called off-duty cops, but that's another story. And, like, I think recently, off-topic, like, you saw what happened in, I think it was Rockaway Beach or something like that, when that, when that one black dude was, um, I think he got into an argument with few off-duty cops or plainclothes cops and then the rest of the uniform cops came and he was reporting the chokehold. But as far as Pac goes, you know, he just went through shit himself and he was just talking about police brutality in his Tupacalypse Now album. So now he became he's a target again. He's a target of the cops. Yep. With the stuff that he was saying. And the charges were dropped. Uh, yeah, he, he, I mean, I, th- really, I think Tupac uh, is the only black man in America to ever shoot at cops and get off with it. Oh, they hated him since then. Good. So uh, that happens. And, and then, course, and they shouldn't be talking because this is following the times when they was brutalizing freaking Rodney King in L.A. So good. Uh-huh. Even. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but continue, so, Al. So this happens. And then uh, the first polished album that this man releases comes out strictly for my niggas, which features the smash single. I get around. <laughs> round and round, round we go. There you go again with the hooks. 
that Gangstar sample is amazing. But um, <clears throat> so Strictly for My Niggas is released. And uh, so many good songs on that album, from I Get Around to Holla If You Hear Me to uh, my personal favorite, Representing 93. So um, what did this album represent as far as, uh, as far as, you know, just for Pac's career? I think it, it was a major step in the right direction. QJ, QG, I, I, what's, oh, what's oh, yeah. you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, with this album, it showed growth. It showed Pac's ability to now understand and master the mainstream of records. He's like, okay, I can't just put out these songs and give it to him raw anymore. I we can got still hooks get now. my message across. We got hooks. We've got better production. We have ideas. Now I'm going to take it to another level. And it's glad, I'm glad you mentioned those other records. Keep Your Head Up is another powerful one that people love. He was able to find balance between, okay, I need these singles for the, for the album, for the radio, and I also need these songs for the streets. And you have a collaboration on there that a lot of people don't talk about, though. But, Mac, you could touch on this. On the song Last Words, who did Pop get? Ice and ice. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it doesn't get better than it, that, man. It gets, it gets better than that because one of the people, he's a, a, a really known West Coast producer named DJ Bobcat. He was sort of on the album a good amount of times producing. But it's funny who helped produce that record with him. Absolutely. And Absolutely. our people, good master. Jay. <laughs> Jay. <laughs> yes, Jam Master J was involved on that record. So couldn't so, wait to see Jam Master J. <laughs> so yeah, Jam Master J was on the album. But another record that I also liked, in my opinion, I thought was a cool collaboration or a posse cut. You got to go with Five Deadly Venoms. That oh was, man, uh, Stretch, uh, Apache, uh, Stretch, Pac. Apparently, rest in peace. Yeah, to yeah stretch. man. Oh yeah, stretch from Lob Squad. Lob Squad was Lob Squad is one of the people that Pac was around a lot. Stretch was his homeboy. Yep. Yo, y'all, y'all realize that there's only one person that's alive on that song still to this day. Amazing, ain't it? Yep. Well, stretch is the only one. Everybody wait, else. Majesty's dead too. I don't think Matt. No, he's alive. Sorry. Oh, I I correct that. There's two people alive. But Apache, Pac, and Stretch all dead. Yeah. But how funny? How how funny is Pac to use the Dan Quayle quote on his on this album to get back at Dan Quayle? (laughs) I mean, that's another thing. Tupac didn't forget. Pac doesn't do. Pac doesn't. Uh, Pac doesn't take things laying down. No. So continue. So we're uh, moving on. So Strictly for My Niggas blows up. It's his first. Now, Tupacalypse now went gold. Strictly for My Niggas goes platinum. So it's his first platinum album, one of many. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's, have, he's, he's having the time of his life. He's in movies that, that are grossing millions. He's got a platinum album. But now more issues come up. Uh, he assaults a, a gentleman by the name of Chauncey Wynn. Uh, QG, you want to tell us about Mr. Wynn's assault? Oh, boy. Well, the incident with uh, this happened in April of 1993. And uh, allegedly, Pac threw a microphone and swung a baseball bat at Chauncey Wynn. Chauncey Wynn was a rapper in a group called Mad and at a concert at Michigan State University in uh, September of 94, Pac pleaded, you know, uh, he pleaded guilty to the misdemeanor. 
he was sentenced to 30 days in jail for this. Uh, and that wouldn't that be the last crazy. time that, that, yeah. that Tupac assaults somebody. So let's get into 1994. Um, 94 is an interesting year for Pac. He doesn't release a solo album, but he forms the first group. Uh, it's his stepbrother, Mo Preem, it's Ray Lar, Macadocious, and Big Psych, and collectively, they are known as Thug Life, which he happens to have tatted on, uh, on his stomach. Thug um, Life? What does Thug Life mean? Uh, the hate you give little, the, yeah, the hate you give little infants fucks everyone. There you go. So, um, yeah, so they released Thug Life Volume 1, which went gold. Uh, such notable songs as, uh, how long will him haunt me? I can't, I can't sing. That's the one Nate Dog hook I can't sing. Good, good, uh, good. I'm so happy. <laughs> um, pour out a, pour out a little liquor and uh, cradle. I love, I love, I love pour out a little liquor and uh, cradle to the grave, which is uh, when Papa said pass the Mac. So uh, good, a good album there, very good album. It was only like um, 10 songs or 10 tracks. I can't ten, remember. Ten, it was 10 tracks. Um, it's it was actually 10 one, tracks on there. It's actually one of my... Uh, I ranked that high up in the uh, Tupac lexicon of music. Um, but yeah, yeah so... Pac, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, QG. No, I, w- I was saying Pac really wanted to put his peoples on. That's one thing about Pac. You know, he really wanted... I, I think with this... He kind of stepped back a little bit, even though he did have some pop solo songs. He really wanted to showcase his group and executive produce and give them opportunities. Yeah, and um, Thug Life again went gold. Around the yep. same time the Thug Life album dropped, he's in another major motion picture, this time starring alongside Dwayne Martin and Marlon Wayans. He plays the role of Birdie in Above the Rim, oh, which <laughs> Above the Rim was one of those movies. The movie blew up, the soundtrack blew up, and the soundtrack is key because the soundtrack was produced by the untouchable death row, Mr. Suge Knight. And well, Dr. Mary, Knight. But, but, but once again, but once again, this time Pac is right back in New York filming. And he's all in New York filming this movie and he's meeting people. He's growing like it's just a big, big, big thing. And you had a you had a quiet cast in that. Oh, sorry. Above the Rim movie from Leon to Tupac to uh, Dwayne Martin. Oh, uh, Bernie Mac was in Martin, there. Bernie Mac, Marlon Wayans. Marlon Wayans. Yeah. It was it was a great cast. Wood Harris, can't forget about him. Shout out to Wood yeah. Harris. And 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 also To because it was in Harlem and <laughs> it was at the Manhattan Center of Science and Mathematics. So you were in the movie too. Out every this everything in Quiet Brooklyn or Harlem that I'm in everything. Yes. yes. Those are your those are your backyards. Remember you remember folks in episode one, this man T.O. was palling around with uh, Big L, so we can't let him forget that. Uh, for like barely a few minutes. That's another well, story. If you listen to the first episode, the introduction, guys. But um yeah, so so he, he's filming uh, above the rim. Um also in ninety four, another movie drops. He's alongside one of the biggest pop stars of all time, uh, Janet Jackson. They, well, technically, they, that was the year before, I think. Oh, well, I'm mistaken. But That's talking about poetic, poetic justice. justice. Poetic justice. Shout outs to Kendrick Lamar. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so he's alongside Janet Jackson, poetic justice. He's playing the role of Lucky the Mailman. And uh, he's dating Janet Jackson, but this got me mad because, you know, now I hate to go on a rant, but Janet Jackson, you you, you, you got me mad talking about Tupac got to take an AIDS test in order to fucking film them scene in the bed with you. 
I agree with Tupac. If, Tupac said in <laughs> reference to this on the interview, he's like, "Well, I gotta take an AIDS test." He's like, "If we gonna make, if we actually gonna make love, and I'm gonna penetrate it, then I'll take an AIDS test." But if I'm gonna just lay next to you and pretend like something going on with nothing really going on, why the fuck taking an AIDS test? I mean, supposedly <laughs> she did a kissing scene and then she caught a cold and she was very paranoid of, of all that, so she wanted to get him tested. It was a lot of controversy. No, wasn't going for every, everybody. No, you can't get no AIDS off no kissing. Like, come on, stop. Well, that. at that time, people were very ignorant on the whole thing. So, but Pac, you know, big Pac, he everything calm. Oh, wait a minute. Time out, time out. Did she get a cold when she kissed Q-tip before his head got blown off? <laughs> Possibility that's probably what happened. Because Pac, and, according to Q-tip, him and Pac had conversations about that. Like, just being there with Janet Jackson and just, man, yo, word, you get to kiss Janet Jackson? Hell yeah, yo, I get to kiss Janet Jackson too, man. Yo, we done made it, you know what I mean? So that was the topic of conversation with Q-tip and Tupac for that movie. So, yes, Q-Tip has been, well, well Q-Tip was there, like, in the beginning, too, but you sure what happened, his head got blown off. <laughs> it was a good film, John Singleton. Uh, you know, he, him and Pac had this amazing chemistry, and they were able to work together and put this together. And uh, it showed another side of Pac, other than Juice, other than uh, playing the gangster role. He was a legit, honest guy, hardworking, taking care of his daughter. It was a good role for and it's funny you mentioned Q-Tip because this next this will segue perfectly into what we're going to talk about next. And we did mention it on our 95 Source Awards episode, but on the 94 Source Awards, uh, while a Tribe Called Quest was on stage uh, uh, presenting or getting an award, I forget which one, um, all of a sudden, um, out on bail... It his, was Best and, Group. Yeah, yeah, Best it, Group. It was Best Group. The the, th- the unreleased Tupac song, which later on got released, Eminem, we'll get to you later, uh, Out on Bail just starts playing, and, and Thug Life runs out there and just performs the song. It was like they rushed Q-Tip off the stage. So, uh, I mean, we'll not get too in-depth into it, because we spoke on it before, but QG, you want to give a brief recap on that situation? Yeah, uh, the uh, the sound engineer, he messed up. He's the one that put on the uh, the tape reel for Out on Bail. And Pac is a professional. When he hears the, the song, he grabs the bike, he goes out there. He didn't do it intentionally to interrupt a Tribe Called Quest in that moment, even though that's how the public perceived it and how a Tribe Called Quest were very upset and angry at the time. But thankfully to uh, T.O.'s father, uh, Buster Rhymes, he was oh, the mediator. Oh, and, and, and he was able to squash everything. Pac explained, he's like, yo, I would never do that to, uh, to I love Tribe. I would never do that to them or disrespect them so cooler heads prevail but it was the engineer who messed that up it wasn't and, Pac and T.O. everybody we, we established this already everybody in rap who has dreads is related to you in some way or some form right that's your daddy he's, he, well and apparently he's not my daddy if you don't have dreads anymore <laughs> well, no, he, mean, no 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 you can yeah, cut the dreads is. but still be the daddy no, no. right. No. Lord Jamar is your uncle Exactly. Ooh. I mean, that's Lord Jamar next. But uh, so around and and the, and the tumultuous '94 continues because another assault for Tupac, uh, and he actually gave himself away on this one, and they used this in 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 the court. Um, he went on Yo MTV raps, and uh-huh. uh, he he was telling uh Dr. Dre and uh and and Ed Lover 
that he that he uh went to a movie set they threw him off this they they took him out of the movie and uh he beat their ass and he would beat their ass again <laughs> to the point to the point where uh the, uh ed lover had to cover physically take his hand and cover tupac's mouth um yeah he assaulted the hughes brothers because tupac originally was supposed to be a menace to society which a lot of people don't know and uh, i mean mac they, i mean mac you want to touch that yeah because well he was supposed to play the part of Sharif. Uh, I forget who the actor is who played his part, but uh, Tupac was originally supposed to be uh, the character of Sharif. Well, unfortunately, you know what happens to him near the end. And the whole thing was he assaulted the Hughes brothers because I guess it was a bit of a disagreement or Pac was just not happy with a specific part of the script or something. It just got out of hand. But Pac also got out of hand and nearly whooped the huge brother ass or oh, i think it was one or two it was both yeah, yeah them, uh, both uh it was alan uh alan alan, alan, alan Hughes and, and, yeah. so so it was a physical fight going on and apparently that sort of got him kicked off now if you actually listen to what's his name tyron turner who was the main character king he will tell you also more <laughs> to the story because you know tyron and Pac met too so but uh, it Pac got into a lot of physical events. Let's just say that. Yeah, he, he, he put Pop. hands on a lot of people. He did. He's he's no he, hey man. That man's from New York. Regardless, actually from New York to the Bay Area, that's a crazy combination. And, now uh, he he was born in your backyard of Harlem. <laughs> Even though they say East Harlem, but I think he was still born in the Harlem Hospital, or whatever. That's on them. <laughs> Were you born in Harlem Hospital, Mac? Nah, I was born in, unfortunately, that bum-ass Brookdale. <laughs> no, actually, no, 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 no. You were born in Harlem like, Hospital, whoa, 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 but you, Alfred. but you don't remember that. So, 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 what they did was they took you out of Harlem. Oh, they, here we they, go. And they brought you to Brooklyn, and then you know that's what happened. You see, a tree grows in Brooklyn, but the mm. seeds were planted in Harlem. I don't know. About the uh, the T.O. that grew from concrete, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but uh and i and, and and by the way when you said brookdale i usually say shout outs but i'm not shouting out brookdale that's the only hospital i've ever been to they can't tell you what's wrong with you but anyway mm. uh moving on so we continue around the same time he meets biggie on when he's filming uh above the rim and oh, that yeah. th- that's pivotal in the life of of tupac uh, he and Biggie were actually really close at one point, even to the point where uh, Biggie wanted to be a member of Thug Life. He did. Pac well, loved him. Was, I mean, well, actually, he was offered to be a member of Thug Life, but Biggie just sort of like said, "No, nah, I'm good." No, nah, uh, well, according to Pac, because first of all, Big's record at the time, Party and BS. I'm keeping Pac it QG, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Pac loved that song so much. She played it over and over and over and over. And then when he got to meet Biggie, Biggie was already a fan of Pac. So when they met, they just clicked. I mean, they're both Gemini's. So they just instantly became one. And Pac would do shows and let Biggie perform Party and BS. And he would let him freestyle. And they just grew closer and closer. And Pac would give big advice about the music. And yes, Big was supposed to be in Thug Life. He was, he was doing shows with them. And uh, he got the game. He was schooled to the game by Pac because Pac was already an established pro. So whatever jewels he could give and Big, there, he gave him. And there were times that Big, I mean, Pac even came out to Brooklyn to hang out with Big. Pac would go to Brooklyn. They would disappear. 
Biggie would go to California, they would disappear. Like they just, <laughs> they was just so much around each other, just having a good time. They were just kindred spirits. Now, and, now go ahead, Tia. Um, just one more thing before you go out. Imagine if those two around then would have did a joint out. Imagine what I mean, you got a you got a young hungry Biggie Smalls with an established pop. Oh my goodness. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. And there was times that Pac will will call out Biggie to perform with him and, and stretch, which is where we get to the part that they t- uh, together recorded the one of the um, songs running from the police, the original version. And Pac and Biggie were also on Heavy D's. Let's get it on with also Grand Pooba. So and if I and if I and if I'm correct, if I'm correct, Mal, uh, Mac, uh, they did that freestyle at the Apollo, right, with Kane and um, and Shaheem. It was Shah- at the Apollo. Ah, oh, what a powerful then Shaheem been out for a really, really long time. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so that's a any anywhere you saw Pac, you saw Big. Anywhere you saw Big, you saw Pac. They, they was inseparable. And and it even goes to the point where uh, you know Tupac used to let Biggie sleep on the couch. <laughs> but, uh, and then not only that, but according to the, the the legend has it that um Biggie asked Pac if he could manage his career, and Pac told him to stay with Puff. So, yep. but that uh, that all becomes pivotal information down the line. Uh, but '94 turns out to be very very tumultuous for. Uh, for Tupac, 94 going into 95 because oh boy, in the process of recording Me Against the World, uh, he gets caught up with some questionable people that Biggie supposedly warned him about. Now, for the sake of we don't know who's listening, we're not going to name names because I ain't trying to get killed. But, for those uh, that want to know about it, listen to the Machiavelli album Against yep. All Odds. If it's you want to know. Against All Odds. Yep, listen first, to the first. Machiavelli album. Yep. We'll get to that. And third verse, well, a specific rapper, poor him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, right. Um, but we'll get to that. Continue, Al. So, so, so he, he gets caught up with some questionable people. Um, you know, and unfortunate thing, really unfortunate things start to uh, take a turn. Um, he meets a young woman uh, by the name of Ion Jackson. And uh, they get a little, they get a little friendly and frisky, you know. Like she's a huge Tupac fan. Uh, story has it that they were in a club and on the on the dance floor in the middle of the club, uh, she uh, she shined as Willie, you know what I mean. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and that started like a not a relationship, but every time Tupac would come to New York, uh, they would always hook up. And then one night, uh, Tupac and his Afro- aforementioned uh, unnamed uh, associates, they had a hotel room, and uh, they brought Miss Jackson up there because uh, she wanted to see Pac. And then uh, Tupac, she was trying to get along with Pac, but Pac was tired. He, he had just performed. He, you know, he wasn't feeling it. So he went to sleep, and then he's awoken by this young lady, hysterical and all disheveled, and talking about how could you let them do this to me and blah blah blah. She runs out the hotel room, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, Tupac's getting arrested for uh, uh, alleged sexual abuse and rape. Man, Pac did an interview on Arsenio while this whole thing was going on, and he said it. He was more hurt that a woman could accuse him of taking something from her. And and Tupac even goes, he's like, yeah, I'm. He's like. The way I behaved, he's like, I'm guilty because I didn't stop what was going on, but I had nothing to do with it. 
and he maintained his innocence until his death. And That's um, right. for those of you who uh, who would like to uh, hear her side of the story, uh, Vlad TV, shout outs to you, Vlad, because you be getting all the dope interviews from the people I want to hear from. Um, Vlad TV on YouTube has the uh, an interview with Ayanna Jackson where she tells her side of the story, but I personally don't believe Tupac did it. Um, his ma- his one of his uh, his managers at the time, Charles Manman Fuller, also says Pac didn't do it. Charles Fuller ends up going to jail too on the whole thing, even though she specific. Now, if you listen to that Vlad TV interview, she specifically states that Charles Fuller did not touch her, but yet he ended up going to jail too. I guess because he was there. Um, it's just an unfortunate situation. Um, Tupac would go, would, would get sentenced to a maximum security prison. Uh, Charles Fuller goes to jail for seven years, but the associates who we shall not name, they get off clean. To and the that point where is what fuels Pac even more angry. To the yep. point where Tupac goes on TV in an interview outside the courthouse and is like, well, where are they at? And that's what sets up this next set of events. Um, Tupac is is going to Quad Studios, which is over by Times Square. Um, he's going there to record a song with a rapper by the name of Lil Sean, who, to this day, I've never heard a Lil Sean song. I, I think don't... he's on a chess. What's that? Hickey's on a chess. That's Hickey's... the name of a yeah. Hickey's on a chess is the is the single <laughs> that Lil Sean came out with. Well. Listen, man, Hickey's going on the neck, not the chest. That's why he never blew up. But anyway. But he's um, from Brooklyn, ain't he? <clears throat> I, I, yes, believe it or not. So, 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 Al, you and Mac have to deal with that. Oh, I, ain't got, I ain't got to deal with nothing. But, uh, again, from Brooklyn. That, y'all from Brooklyn, so y'all got to deal with <laughs> Listen, 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 listen. But you there's more details to that shooting. Yeah, so you can't, first off, you can't claim everybody. Second off, so he's going up to quad, you know, he's, he's going to do the feature. Um, his, his court case is literally the next day. He has to go to court the very next day for the Ayanna Jackson situation. So he's going to quad and, uh, can I give you some more with it? Oh yeah. I was going to continue, but go ahead. No, no, no. I got you. Well, I mean, he was already doing some recording and Mac, you could touch on that too. He was doing for, uh, mix, uh, versus for Ron G's mixtape. Ron G. Yep. And it, his beeper went off, and and going with you, Al. He was offered seven grand to go to Quad to do this to do this recording. He needed the cash, obviously. His money legal, is legal being, fees. Yeah. His money is being depleted by these cases and everything going on. So Pac was with Stretch and two other guys, and uh, you could you could set the scene for this, Al. Um, an interesting note before we continue. You said he was dropping verses for Ron G. You know that memorable verse that ended up on that Big L song was recorded that night? Yes. Yep. Deadly Combination. Yes, Shout outs to Deadly Big Deadly Combination. R.I.P. Yes. yes so, so, so he's walking in the quad, and Biggie and Junior Mafia and Puff are, are upstairs, and um, Lil C just happened to look out the window, and he, oh, and he goes to the window... And uh, he shouts out to Pac, yeah, come on up. So so now Pac sees that, you know, Biggie and Junior Mafia up there. All right, everything's about to be cool. Pac and his boys get in the lobby, and that's when shit, shit goes down. Um, yeah, they, 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 order, they order them on the floor. They rob them, and uh, Pac, you know, tries to go for his gun. And he gets shot. 
Uh, he gets shot up really bad. He got shot five times. Um, uh, Pac somehow manages to get in the elevator, and the elevator just happens to go to the floor where uh, Biggie and Biggie and Junior Mafia and Puffy are, and they're recording. And this is where the story gets a little hazy because some people say that uh, Pac was uh, unconscious. Other people will tell you that uh, Pac was bugging out. Um, but eventually, in the in the aftermath of it all, he blames Biggie and Puffy and Bad Boy as a whole and Junior Mafia for him getting shot. Two different stories told. You have Pac's version in the Vibe magazine. You got the perspective shown from the All Eyes on Me film. You have Biggie's perspective from the Notorious film and his interview. So it's like, which side do you really go? And uh, it's an unfortunate situation because th- that's that event splintered friendships. Um, some people will tell you that uh, Biggie Biggie had nothing to do with it at all. Some people will tell you that Biggie had nothing to do with it, but he knew it was going to happen. Um, oh man, that picture of Pop being carried out, and he's looking right up at him, and he holds up the middle finger. Middle finger. Give him the finger. And uh, the unnamed associates were. Or uh, the, later on, they came out and said, "Yeah, they did it. They wanted to humble Pac um, because he went to the. He was uh, in that courthouse, standing out in, in front of the courthouse, and was talking about, well, how'd they get off? Where they at? And uh, he even accused, he even accused uh, these folks of um, of being informants. Yeah, so, for the FBI. Yep. So, but uh, yeah." After that situation, Pop, you know, obviously he, he, he's bleeding out. You know, he needs surgery. And uh, he was at Bellevue Hospital. And uh, thankfully, they did save him. But yeah. uh, against their wishes, he surgery. checked out of there. I mean, he checked out of there the next day. And he went to the courtroom. Al, you touched on this. He had court the next day. He showed up in a wheelchair, bandaged up. Yep, he, he signed himself out. Um, yeah, he, he signed himself out um, against doctor's orders. He goes in there and like his head is bandaged up. He's got a uh, 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 like a cast bandage on his wrist. He can't even stand up. So when the judge reads his verdict, um, you know he's 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 still sitting there in a wheelchair. Uh, when he took his, his he had a be- a New York Yankees beanie on, and when he took that off to reveal the bandages on his head, like the the everybody in the courtroom gasped. The man was shot in the head. Man was shot. It was a brutal, brutal thing to see. Oh boy! He he was supposedly convicted of three counts, but was then acquitted of six, or I think more than six other charges as well. And the most serious offense of them all was forcible touching of the buttocks, which got him sentenced to max security prison in Clinton Correctional. Could you believe that? Yes, max security. Like he was sentenced to eighteen months to four and a half years. Oh. And that and that would uh that would start uh, a period for Tupac. Now I remember Tupac is notorious for you know, he, and it's funny because a lot of people will tell you in his music he uh, he's infamous for rhyming the words enemy and Hen- enemies and Hennessy all all the time. So that's so the man can't drink Hennessy while plotting on his enemies. He can't smoke weed because he's locked down. So his mind is clear, and uh you know he starts um. He starts uh, reading uh, all these books in jail, which would uh, go on to uh, form his Machiavelli uh, persona later on. 
Prior um, to that, you know, the sad part is Me Against the World comes out and it sells five million. Yep. Yep. February 95 uh, and then Tupac was one of only two artists and this record stood for a very long time he was the first rapper to ever have a number one album while behind bars Lil Wayne would go on to be the second but, but no one cares about that but oh yeah. stop yo stop stop y'all hating man stop hating my favorite Pac album ever me against the world my favorite Pac you know what the, the funny part is like as as great as the next album we're going to talk on me against the world is a lot of people say that's that's their favorite or best Pac album also you know what for me it's because Pac is pouring all these emotions out he's going through so much at this time and he's talking about it in the music so many tears he's talking about it if i die tonight if he talks about it in um i see Lord death around the corner death around the corner like he's just preaching you and pouring it all out so you can understand how he's feeling me against the world yes it was him against the world well that's also his most emotional raw vulnerable work i i I guess you could say if we really wanted to see the person that tupac was at the time you just listen to me against the world and you get a good picture of it uh me against the world is my third favorite uh pac album um but my favorite Pac song of all time is on is on that record. Let's go around the room real quick. Start off with UTO. What's your favorite track on Me Against the World? Well, only I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I'm a little biased. I got two. Obviously, one is Dear Mama. I always love that specific song to heart. And then, of course, Yo Mo B dropped that shit, man. <laughs> man, you biased motherfucker, you. I told you I was gonna be biased. But I also... um. It was so hard for me to pick a favorite track. Those are my few favorite tracks, but I couldn't skip a damn song on that album regardless because that whole album was just pure gold, in my opinion. I agree. Right. what about you? Uh, oh, God, sorry. Go ahead, Gio. I don't care. I said, move here to Definitely, definitely It Ain't Easy is my favorite song by Pac. Wow. And, um, he just speaks about everything that he was going through. And then, uh, you you know, uh, I, I, I don't know if I told you my favorite track of Me Against the World in previous conversations, but uh, but uh, So Many Tears is my shit. Then I got that mm. dog life tatted on my chest. You, you feel me? Yeah, oh, Shock G produced that one. Yep. Lo- that beat. Yeah, the Stevie Wonder sample. Oh, man, that that beat is, oof. I lo- I'm going to listen no, to that. Wait, 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 wait. Stop right there, Al. Uh-uh. We're not going into that. <laughs> not going into what? We're not going into so many tears because we know in a few years we ain't forget about the pledge. Oh no! What does the pledge have to do with so many Alfred, tears? Alfred, Alfred, you said you like that song, the pledge. I, that's Nas, Ja Rule, and Ashanti, and two. I, I, I like that song. No, 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 no. There's no. <laughs> no. We're not. You, wait. Come on, spit it out. What what's going on? Uh, what what does the pledge have to do with so many tears? The pledge is your favorite song because of that whole sample of Tupac. We ain't stupid. Is that is is that true, Al? You only yeah. like the pledge because it samples so Na- many tears. Nas had a great verse too. What are you talking about? Oh, stop it. You don't care about Nas. You only care and baby, about. And baby girl Ashanti sung the hook, man. Maybe baby girl Ashanti. There's no need. Oh 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 my God. There's about to be now yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's about to be no you without us if you keep singing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, y'all hating ass motherfuckers. Anyway. Uh, but 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 like but like every 
different song we just mentioned, it's just so hard to skip on that whole album. Like, Me Against the Worlds. And even Rolling Stone said this was one of his best albums up to date. That's a wow. fact. And then also, my second favorite track, you know, I got to get honorable mention. I love Old School. Old School was a good song. Mm. And at the end of the song, he's just, like ram- he's, just ram- he's just rambling, talking about playing Skelly and knocking niggas out the circle and talking about his <laughs> Brooklyn in the house. And how every time you went to a party, uh, if you you was afraid to say you was from anywhere else but Brooklyn, you know that that shit is crazy, man. He gave he gave it up for his home, man, and he showed so much love. And, me- and, and mentioned every old school rapper to that point. That's why it was a great song. He, he, yeah, I, I love the honorable mentions that people do when it comes to certain songs, mentioning about like old school rappers before them. So you know, Pac was paying homage, and he was actually accepting at that time. Of the art of hip hop, that's how I also took the album. It's like he was appreciating the art form of hip hop. So this time he got like you know more into the growth, and it's like yo, I'm gonna really be a real real artist on this album. But and he and he couldn't get no money from it to pay his bail. Nope. Nope. And then that's the, the label thing. kept all the money. And the and worst this, part this, is this on Interscope. Yeah, he was on Interscope. Interscope. And the and the worst part is he's in jail. He's using his phone, one free phone call a day to call Interscope and call Jimmy Iovine. And every single time he calls, he can't get, oh, oh, Jimmy's in a meeting. Jimmy's in a meeting. Jimmy's in a meeting. Jimmy's busy. So his label's not trying to help him. So he stays in jail for almost a year. And then, as evidenced on the 95 Source Awards, which we talked about a couple episodes, it's available in the archive, folks. It's a really good episode. You got and listen to it. Um, yes, we did. Yep. Yes, we did. Big, big Suge, Suge Knight, my guy. Oh, he, uh, Marion, he's not your guy. Oh, oh my God! Can you stop calling stop him Marion, please? Say it right. Listen, stop saying he's your guy when he's not your guy. <laughs> big Suge, Suge Knight. He uh, or or what? Or what? Should I call him Simon? But I'm not calling him Marion. So. Oh man, Simon. There you go. You acting like you know this guy personally. I'm just reading the executive producer credits, all right? But um, oh god. But Suge Knight, Knight, and David Kenner fly from uh, L.A. to uh, upstate New York, Clinton Correctional, and they offer Tupac. They ask Tupac what he wanted, and this is funny because this guy wants to get out of jail. Suge Knight can give him as much money as he asks for, and all he wants is for Suge to buy his mom's a house. Yep. So they sign him to a three-album deal and bail him out of prison. And uh, he's out on bail, fresh out of jail, California streaming. Woo! So later. <laughs> no, this is now. He, um, oh yeah, so, he did before that. Yeah, so he gets out of prison. He goes to the, they, they fly him to the studio, straight to the studio. He records "California Love" with Doctor Motherfucking Dre. One of but, the biggest, one of the biggest hits to ever grace God's earth. Yep, and uh, they let get me to work. throw in some more in there. I'm glad you brought that in there because I could throw in there something with my with, with, with my homeboy, my main guy, Daz Dillinger. What he told on that platform, you said, Vlad TV. Pop got off the plane. They went out to eat. They went to Monty's. And they went straight to the And he knocked out, like you said, California Love, Ambitions as a Rider, Two of America's Most Wanted, Scandalous. Like, they just kept working. And, and Pac and, just kicked them in, kicked them out, kicked them in, kicked them out. And on top of that, the the music video, oh boy, 
And uh, ladies what? and gentlemen, before we continue, the reason why Daz Dillinger is QG's main guy is because that is his doppelganger. Yes, I don't understand that at all. And you and Daz Dillinger, I don't Me and Daz has no. I don't look nothing like Daz. Daz is nothing like me. I don't know where you guys get that from, but I'm gonna run with it because Daz, Daz is my boy. All right, we'll, 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 we'll go. We'll go on the Rap Lab social media and post post a side by side. Well, I don't agree that they look alike, but they got same manners. But when I have to be included with a bunch of people, all of a sudden, it it's it's according to you, QG. It works. Of course, it works with you. It works. It's it's tailor made for you. With me, so, so I, that's I don't me too. Nah, I don't know. No, that's cousin. That's cousin Dad. That's cousin Dad. But, but when you when you look at all eyes on me, look at look at how much work Dad's put in on that. Mm. You yeah, know what I mean, that, like because Dr. Dre only, even though he executive produces it, he only produced two songs. He did two songs. Like Pac's whole mentality, he was fired up. He was hungry, and he came in there all business, ready to work, and he's just knocking out songs. You know what the sad part is? This could have been a five-disc CD, because you know how many leftover tracks are from that damn album? And and, and you got the beef fueling even more, because while Pop's in prison, Biggie is blowing up. Biggie is the king of New York. And mind you, Chug already has animosity. Now, it's, it's funny, and good thing you mentioned that, because when the whole thing was going down, Pac in prison, including 95 Saucer was, let's bring that back up. So As we went, proceed... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. To Sir, give you what you shot need. You. Yeah, who shot you? But also, at the same time, Serge was still shouting out Pac. And you saw Pac's picture in the background when West Coast was performing. So that... There was already... Yeah. That few Pac even yeah. more like, yo, so Serge could come after me and try to help me, but Biggie can't or Puffy can't even see me or write a, a damn letter and everything. So that will also fuel Pac to the fullest. Pac didn't like Puff and Big. Suge didn't like Puff. So here we go. Let me fuel the fire. And that's what Suge did. And Pac ran with it. And and, and it just goes back to show you, you know, um, Tupac's loyalty really, really, really shows at this point. He's riding hard for Suge. He's riding hard for Death Row. He even joins the mob, for those of you who knows what that is. Like, he's just going hard. Like, he felt like everybody left him in there. Nobody that nobody came to help him. And then because Sugar's the one that came to help him, he rode for Sugar all the time. Uh, all Eyes on Me drops in February of 96. And um, ironically, on the same day as the Fuji's The Score. And uh, eventually it would go Diamond. I personally believe that this is Pac's best album out of anything he's ever done. I know the two of you will disagree with me. Well, there's only one song I can't really listen to, and it's What's Your Phone Number? <laughs> yeah, the rest of the songs are all, I, I, I can't skip, you know, Life Goes On is my shit. Picture I Me mean, Rolling is... strictly... Go ahead. Oh, yeah, there you go. Picture Me Rolling, uh-huh. And why is that, Alfred? Uh, I, I like Big Sykes' verse. I like CPO no, Boss no, Hogs' no, verse. No, 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 no. Mama, Come I'm on. still thugging. The world is a war no, zone. No, 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 My no, homies no, is inmates, and most of them dead Tell wrong. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Come on. There's your chance. Before before we say anything, you might as well do it. In a previous life, when I used to make music, I, I used I used that beat for a song on a mixtape. There you go. Yep. Which oh, yeah. song I like, by the way. Oh, so you like? Oh, you like that song? Maybe we might. Uh, uh, 
might post it on the Rap Lab Instagram. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't but you it. just said you like the song. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you're supposed to post it on the Rap Lab. No, don't do that. Anyway, so um, we were talking about production on All Eyes on Me. So Dre's got two tracks. Daz has got a few. But uh, DJ I'm, Quick has got a couple. But Johnny J, God bless his soul, is all over this fucking album. That was Pac's babyface, Johnny J. That was his man. I mean, he did How Do You Want It. How do you want it? Uh, Wait, oh, how man, does what a it record. feel? What a Coming record. up as a nigga in a cash game. He okay. did uh, all... Of, all about uh wait, wait who did all about you uh, uh was, who did all about that you was again? johnny i'm about to tell you right now uh let's see this is why we have google machines folks because uh yeah i don't yeah i don't want to step on yeah i don't want to step on any other producer's toes all, yes all about record. you is johnny j right and and the real version no, 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 no. The real version is on the greatest. The real version is on the greatest hits. No, it's not. Nah, <laughs> Every but that's other fake city top. we go. Every no. other video. I see the same hoes. Right. The, on the greatest hits version, you have a fake version with a guy named Top Dog who doesn't rap anymore. Hey, 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 so, hey. Um, hey yeah. come on. No, no. My, my, my man, leave my man Top Dog alone. He didn't if do If you no. want the real version, listen to the All, All Eyes on Me version. Side note, you know, I made a playlist for, for QG for his birthday. And, you know, when it came to All About You, I put that on there. I played the real version of the greatest hits album. Yeah, and I lowered the volume and then I raised it back up when this part was over. Oh, stop it. My man said she wanted an autograph on her napkin. She said, ain't you the top dog and don't you be rapping? Woo! Got Apparently it. she was wrong because he don't rap no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. So you cut it out. Yeah, but, but uh, back but back to the album, I mean, you, and you also got the videos like you touched on, Mike. But before we get to that, prior to that, Al, you mentioned a certain someone that was a main adversary of Pac. And would you like to give the people her name? C. Dolores Tucker, who he actually Woof. goes on to diss in uh, How Do You Want It. Woof, did he let her have it? C. Dolores Tucker, you's a motherfucker. Woo! Even on another record, you wonder why they call you. Yep. You wonder why they call he, you bitch, yeah? Oh, he talked about her towards the end. He was like, dear Mr. Dolores Tucker. And, and Mac, you're, you, you would like this part. You know how Pac is with the ad libs. Like, uh -oh. when he's talking, he's like, dear, he's like, dear Mr. Dolores Tucker, really though. <laughs> I figured you wanted to know. You feel me? Why we call these hoes? That's right. <laughs> Yo, you know what I missed about Pac is the ad-libs too, man. Yo, them ad-libs are classic. <laughs> that will be me. That, 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 that laugh in the background and all the stuff he used to talk about there, that's, that's Pac for you. Oh, boy. But now here comes the But the videos, you can Go touch ahead. on. Yeah, you oh, can touch on the videos, man. My, my favorite video from All Eyes on Me. Is for two of America's most wanted with him and Snoop. Uh -oh. Not even the song. Not even the song. Just, oh, the, just no. the beginning. The he's very a, beginning, huh? He's got a he's got a, a a poor man's version of Biggie and a, an imitation Puffy, and he's calling them Buffy and Piggy. And he's like, oh, "Pac, I know he was friends. Please don't kill me, Pac. Please don't kill me." I ain't gonna it, was all, it, was, it was all Buffy's idea. We was homeboys, pig. Once we homies, we always homies. Well, he even made though videos, I mean, but you was a fat had... pony. You also had California Love, and that you could thank Hype Williams for that. Shout outs to Chris Tucker who had a cameo in the video. Uh, George Clinton had a Can cameo. Can you dig it, man? <laughs> who else? Did was it? Nope. Yeah, I think Tiny was Tiny in that video too. Uh, Debo, whatever his name is. Tom Lister, oh. I, I believe he was. 
He probably was there. But there was a lot of people in that video. Y'all know George Clinton was. My and, least favorite oh, song. Go ahead. And was it, oh, what's his name? The late Tony Cox. Well, rest in peace to him. He was in the video. And you, and you can't forget Roger Troutman, man. Rest in peace to him. Who the one singing the hook. And they were... There was there was quite other people who was in the videos too. I think um, no, there was a second video which was the remix. Yeah, um, you had I, saw, quick, I know I saw E forty and quick E forty Fonzarelli was in there. Quick was in there, and um, you got the Bay. You know uh, what? What be legit? All those guys was there. And the, right. and the first and the first video was wasn't that a um a homage to Mad Max? Mad Ooh. Max Beyond Thunder. Yep. The Dome. Yeah. But my least my least favorite song on the album had a video as well. Which is? I ain't mad at you. Why is that your least? Whoa, 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 whoa. That song, to me, that song is just boring. Put me to sleep. Boring. 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 Then you're not listening to the lyrics. Bro, sometimes when the beat when the beat is is, is just is just hypnotic like that, you can't put me to sleep, man. Well, first of all, Daz was on the beat playing the piano and all that good stuff. That which has been sampled like a thousand times. Yeah, that's actually that's actually from the DeBarge family. The uh, send it back to send it back to the family. Him and Pac was cool in real life. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Shout out to Bo King wherever he's at. I know he's been. I know recently he was in Queen of Slim, but shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, man was uh, my uncle. Yeah, um, you know, Pop had a message in that song, man, and and the video was very, 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 very prophetic. I felt, I felt the video. I mean, you know, you a Muslim now? Man. No more dope game. He's in heaven. He's, he's, you got Marvin Gaye up there. You got Red all these Fox. different legends up there. Red Fox is up there. Like, Pop predicted his death, man. That's why. That's why I had a hard time watching that video because I was like, "Why have a bad feeling? This is more predictable." Yeah. And the way he dies in that video is how he died in real life. He got shot. And and, and, and in fact, he pulled a uh, he pulled a Talib Kweli on us, Mac, with that with that other verse. <laughs> 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 the, the the video version of the of the of the verse is different from the album version. So yes, Pac he did. pulled out another verse. From that. <laughs> he sure did. He sure so, did. But. All eyes on me. Now, let me ask you a question, because, again, this is his most popular album sales-wise. Do y'all feel like this is his best work? Commercially speaking, yes. Yes, I was about to say the same thing. Commercially. Con- Content-wise. Content-wise, is, content-wise, it was actually good, even though, you know, what's your, um, the number it, of it, number that was, to me, I could It had that. content. It, it had content, but... This is what Shock G talks about. A lot of the stuff in there was forced. It's like exactly. Pac is shifting and transitioning to another place, and he's going with what he grew up on or what he was originally wanting to rap about. Now you have a change in his persona and his his and his, is, and his, and his storytelling. Everything and I, is in a different shift now. And I want to go back, because I think I mentioned this on the first, first very episode. I felt like at that time, Tupac was losing his identity because it was just so much stuff going around. This man is not saying the madman, but he just went into certain directions. But don't get me wrong. All Eyes On Me is a classic album. But sure. it, was, it, it just felt like Tupac was heading on another direction. I felt like his first direction was going after Biggie during that time. That's how I felt. He was really on Biggie's head, and then when you when you when you get to that, there's other beefs now. Oh my there's god! Other that people same, 
Yeah, you know that. I mean, when hit him up came out, man. I mean, he's talking to Mob Deep. He's talking to Junior Mafia. He's talking to Chino XL. He's going after. Uh, he went after Jay Z, which got edited off the song. Jay Z later on, yeah. He he talked. I mean, him and Nas had had issues. Uh, De La he, he Soul. The, he had he had issues with the Fugees. The Fugees. He called them out. The Brat called her out. And then him and Dre started having problems, and he started dissing Dre. Tupac is the only person I know that could take a song meant for the ladies and turn it into a diss. But are we going to get to the next one? I mean, All Eyes on Me, classic album. So. But do you think it's what? his best work, QG? I think Me Against the World is his best work. I always put me against the world, but all eyes on me is right behind it. That's I, rank, I rank all eyes on me as number one. But um, now, 96, as we know, unfortunately, is Pac, Pac doesn't make it out of 96 alive. Um, Made me mad, even as a little kid. Before he dies, though, he has like a couple, like weeks, months before he dies, uh, he, he falls out with Dr. Dre, which we just mentioned. And then about a week before his death, he has a falling out with Snoop over some very interesting comments. Snoop goes on on the radio out in New York because, you know, they're all in New York for the for the VMAs. And um, Snoop is asked about the East Coast, West Coast beef, particularly about Biggie, Puffy and Bad Boy. And Snoop goes and says that those are his homeboys. Which Pop was irate. Like that set Pac off because he thought that you know you're supposed to be riding with me. And, and there's an interview. There's an interview on YouTube. Sorry to cut you off, Matt. There's an interview on YouTube with uh, my guy and your guy uh, To. He's not your guy, Al, because you diss him every single time. <laughs> I'm talking about yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm talking about Frank Alexander, <laughs> Pac's bodyguard. Uh, <laughs> big Frank. Be, because the incident really got started prior to that and also around that time for Saturday Night Live when Pac and Snoop were supposed to do a performance together. They were supposed to do segments together, and Snoop did not come to rehearsals. So Pac is angry. He's mad at Snoop for this. This is when Ice-T comes in and fills in and does the segments with Pac. So now, leading up to what he said in New York, Pac is angry. He does not want anything to do with Snoop. He doesn't talk to Snoop. That plane ride, everybody talks about. Pac just distanced himself from Snoop Dogg. Yep. Yep. And, and, and part of the reason why Snoop doesn't go to Vegas is because Pac's not speaking to him. Yep. He said, you going to Vegas, cuz? Pac just turned around, brushed him off, and walked away. And uh, that brings us to uh, that fateful set of events. September 1996, Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Mike Mike Tyson fight, big fight, big big night. Mike Tyson versus Bruce Seldon. Um, Mike Bruce Tyson Seldon. Mike Tyson comes out to uh, uh, a custom recording um, that was done for him by Pac. You know, Pac is all hype. Now, as I mentioned before, during this time, Pac joins the mob. He shouts out M.O.B. in almost every song in this time period. M.O.B. meaning, you know, for the mob. The the bloods, pretty much, of, of Compton. I'm Uh-oh. surprised you didn't bring up one of your favorites. Uh-oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Vlad TV himself. 
I mean, y'all could go on uh, Vlad TV and 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 see the uh, the interviews by Mob James and and Reggie Wright Jr., who's the son <laughs> of uh, esteemed <laughs> Compton Police Chief Reggie Wright Sr. Reggie Wright Sr. Yes, Reggie Wright Sr. One of the good guys. Oh, come on with that! One of the good guys. Cut it out. You, 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 you saw you saw the Broomfield documentary. He rolled up to the kids and and them kids went to go greet him. You stop it. Yeah, yeah, bringing up that crap once again. But, that's not uh, yeah. crap. Yeah, but that's that 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 that's what happened with Pop. Pop was rolling with these guys hard. And Al, if you could touch on this, talk about the um. Well, you mentioned the Mike Tyson Tupac recordings. They were great friends. They hung out. They shouted each other out. Mike was one of Pop's heroes. Uh, can you tell the people what set up what happened in that lobby in Vegas? What was so, the prior after the incident? after after the fight? Um, you know, it's it's Suge, Pac, and a couple of the of the, of the mob gang members uh, go to the fight, and uh, they see Orlando Anderson, who is from the Southside Crips rival gang. Now, why is this significant? Because uh, a member of the entourage that Tupac was hanging out with that night, a couple months prior or weeks prior. Uh, he got beat up for his death row chain in the Foot Locker by, by uh, this gentleman, whose name is Orlando Anderson. And rumor had it at the time that uh, Puffy and Bad Boy uh, had the Southside Crips on the payroll. Uh, they would do security for Bad Boy when they, whenever they came to the West Coast. Um, so, dude goes and and whispers in the Pac's ears, "Yo, that's the dude who jumped me from my chain." Well, Pac goes over there and rushes him because Pac is not even thinking about some blood versus crip shit. He's thinking this is a death row versus bad boy thing. So because he he went and uh, beat up his homie and took his chain, Pac t- takes it upon himself to rush dude, and that starts a whole assault where he this guy's got like twenty people kicking the shit out of him on the floor of the MGM Grand Casino, which is caught on video. You there's plenty of places you could go and see the tape. Um. Then, unfortunately, a couple hours later, while they was going to Suge Knight's club out there, Club 662, um, now these guys, he goes back to his uncle, uh, Keefe D, and, and all his gangbanging affiliates, Orlando Anderson does, and they're out looking for Pac. They they want some retaliation, because, again, that's gangbanging culture. Um, they were about to give up, according to Keefe D. They were about to give up. Then, all of a sudden, Pac, they see a, car, a BMW drive by on the opposite side of the street. Pac is hanging out of the sunroof, and there there's women out there calling Tupac's name over and over again, and that's where that's how they were able to find him. Uh, they were in the white Cadillac. They they made a U-turn, pulled up next to him, and the rest is uh is history, unfortunately. And uh, Tupac would probably still be alive to this day, or at least would have lived to, to make it to see 1997, um, had he not rushed. Mr. Anderson. I mean, the boy, so he lived, he, 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 he stayed alive for a week in that hospital. Like, he was on a breathing machine. He, they removed his right lung. Like, he was bleeding out. Pac was holding on so strong. Oh, he was man, trying to get up was, out of the bed, too. Yeah, he was doing everything he could. He Every ounce of breath and passion and strength in his heart to get up out of there, man. And and when people heard about it, funny enough, when people talk about that shooting, they kind of just was like, he got shot again? Well, he's going to live. He's going to come out of it. He's going to make more records, and that'll be over. But when he died, it just shocked everybody. 
Now, and Al, this is not to rub it in your face. And I know we talked about the 96 of 98, but to me, this is what fucked it up for me to even say why 96 was not the best year. Because this particular event, anyone who brings up that specific year, 96, the first thing they're going to talk about is Tupac's death. And it sucks that it gets overshadowed for, you know, great contact from the it was written to the reasonable doubt, the score, hell on earth, all that. You, you did have great, great, great albums that year. You can't 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 take that away. But this right here and and this put West Coast on life support. Because even, even the dog afterwards couldn't do shit. Yeah. But the I ass, mean Machiavelli was not even enough. But, but Machiavelli did come out. Uh, yeah, Nami Machiavelli did come out, and 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 a lot of people may not know, and I didn't know about this. Tupac and um, what's that girl's name? She used to be in that movie Dog when she's a, a artist, Alanis Morissette. Alanis so, Morissette. They were supposed to open a restaurant. In I believe it because Pac was a fan of her work, so I can believe that story. And and a lot of people think Pac Pac got around with other people too. He was even cool with Jim Carrey. Oh yeah, the uh, man the man dated Madonna. I mean, it's Madonna. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, also, also Tony Danza was a friend of his. Uh, Mickey, Mickey Rourke, Rourke, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, Mickey Pac Rourke was. You know, and, I mean, and, Jasmine Guy is one of his closest friends. And uh, and of course, we talk about '96. Let's not forget, besides his death, that man was still working with the movies. So while oh, he was man. doing All Eyes on Me, he was still doing movies. He released about oh, yeah. doing like three movies all together. One came well, out in '97, but two was still released in '96. Well, shortly after his death, this is where all of the post-death work starts to uh, get released. Of course, Machiavelli comes out two months after he's murdered. Oh boy! Um, what an and as far, yeah, Machiavelli's a strong... You want to hear an angry young man, and you go listen to Machiavelli. Machiavelli's my second favorite Pac album. Well, Machiavelli, um, well, Machiavelli's a beef album. <laughs> even the I intro, mean, Bomb First, woo! Oh, that whole setup. I mean, just uh, Mob Sleep, Notorious P.I.G., Jay-Z from Hawaiian Sophie fame, Big Little whatever. Like, <laughs> And some people don't even get that Jay-Z reference, because uh, he was on that song Hawaiian Sophie with Jazz O. Right, that's, good. that's the first time we sort of saw him mainstream wise with, with, with a Hawaiian shirt on, and 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 Pac was also doing a lot of beef records. Like you, you hear certain ones like "Hit Him Up" or "Hit Him Up 2 and then "Against All Lies" and "Bombs First. But let's not get forget the other one where he does both Mob Deep and Jay Z. He's like, he's like, what do he say? He's like, Jay Z, look at your little funeral. How you gonna be tough ass Mob one year? No, he said, how you going to be a wine Sophie one year and tough-ass mob the next year? Nigga, my memory dead. Bang, you dead. He did so many diss songs, they just started to get to, to be released after his death. Yep. Oh, yeah. And um, if you listen to uh, Until the End of Time and Better Days, there's shots thrown all over the place in those albums. wonder why they never edited those out, because why would you release diss songs after the man is dead years later? But I guess right. they had to do something with the recordings, but... Movies after his death, he was in Gridlocked. He was in Gang Related with, uh, I believe, yep. John Belushi, right? Not Jim, John. Well, Gang Related was, t- uh, yeah, Gang Related was John Belushi and Gridlock. Yeah, it was John. Yeah. James yeah, Belushi. Yeah, Gridlock was Tim Roth. But, yeah, but, yeah, uh, but if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, Tupac still didn't finish that whole movie because I don't think that was him. Like, some people, if you may remember the movie, I think it was Detective Rodriguez that was 
Pac's character, he got shot in his in his home because you know it was it was bound to come after the whole dirty shit they did. But when you actually look at the scene when they're investigating and you see Pac, I supposedly that was not really Pac. No, so, it was confirmed because he had died before the shooting had wrapped okay. up. Okay, good. Because because a lot of people keep saying that, and I'm like, but that looks like Pac to me. <laughs> right. But uh, they got somebody who uh, who looks like him. Well, hey, um, yeah. hey, look at Scarface smile video. <laughs> That's the one. Who got oh him. man, more more controversy. You see a figure of Pac hanging from a cross, but they they cover up the face. I think they ran with that whole thing of him still being alive. The whole theory. That's why they played with it so much. They even took Machiavelli and rearranged the letters to spell I'm alive and all this stuff. Like the, the, the controversy was just so big. It, well, it made yeah, Pac there, more it, folklore and mythical. There were rumors that, that Pac was alive for a very long time. There were rumors that he was in Cuba with his aunt Asada. Like, but come on, people. They, they, they released the goddamn autopsy photo for crying out loud. Like he's, he's gone. And then some people like Pac was a, was an outspoken type. Did you really think he could go into hiding for so long without saying anything? Right, you know. And then they gotta let the man rest in peace. And then the other thing about it is he had so much unreleased music. He left a large body of work oh, behind. Oh yeah, oh, he sure God. did. Some people, so much music. And, and a lot of I mean a lot of the music that got released because for legal reasons they couldn't use the original instrumentals he used or the original producers couldn't get credit. Um and as I said on a previous episode, yo Eminem, why why you fucked up that man's music, man? Oh uh, uh, well 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 uh, quickly going through. What came out after? Here you have. Uh, Are you still down? Remember me? Yep. You two disc have. Uh, uh, yep. Which is a, which is a good one. I enjoyed that. Those recordings were were, were done from during my, his thug life days. My during, first, uh, during, uh, I wonder if Ever Got a Ghetto was my favorite shit. That's a um, great song, man. Um, what still else? I Rise was after that. Got? Still I Rise with Outlaws. Yep. Um, then it was uh, until is, the end of time. Until the end of time. Sorry. Till the end of time. Yep, yep, yep. Which is your favorite Al for one reason. <laughs> oh, come on. No, don't, don't, don't. I don't want to hear about this one track. And then there was Better Days, which uh, my man Ron Isley. Oh, oh. oh no. Oh. Are your ears bleeding? <laughs> my ears been bleeding. Oh, stop it. Then, um, do we count the Resurrection soundtrack? Uh, me, personally, no. no I mean, people, it's a... Some people, some people count it because, you know, hey, yo, Red Spider, ooh-wee, play that 50 Cent and Pac joint. Ready? No. You had that one. You had the song Ghosts. You had uh, the and, change and the, of and, running, dying to live. Yep, the uh, the official release of it. Right. So, I mean, there's a couple songs on there that didn't appear anywhere else, so I guess we could put that on there. Then yeah. Eminem then went and fucked up and Loyal to the Game came out. You know what I realized? I'm glad you guys <laughs> brought that up. Yeah, he did mess that up. I ain't gonna lie. I wasn't a fan of it, but... Yeah, that album wasn't all that. People took a pop and Biggie song. Like, remember Akon? He did that... No, was it Akon and DJ Greenlander? It was, yes, Akon and Greenlander. Cause, Cause, they took Pac's verse from Let's Get It On. I forgot what verse they took. But uh, man, that, that and then Pac's life, right? 
Yeah, and then Pac's life was last. But that whole loyal to the game, man. You like Eminem? I give Eminem credit for one thing. He manipulated Pac's vocals to 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 say things that you know weren't around when Pac was alive. Like Pac is shouting out, out, out G Unit. I didn't like that. I'm just like whoa, and 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 that's further what made people go on with these yeah Pac is alive rumors because how the hell is he shouting out G Unit? But I mean, I give Eminem credit because he 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 was able to fool people, but at the same time. He produced those songs and had and, and gave beats to Pac that you know, Pac was uh, Pac Pac just he didn't fit on those beats. Those were Eminem beats. He he put Pac vocals over. Um and then uh, and him singing the hooks, it, it just didn't work. My wasn't the wasn't and didn't he retouch Pain and put it on there? If I'm not mistaken, he, re, he did. He retouched Pain. He, he so many different things that 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 was changed with. Original old, old pop vocal, you know, and bro, that song "Pain" has such a colorful. A oh yeah, <laughs> what? that song was supposed to be on "Above the Rim." They took it. Dr. Dre took it off. Then uh, Ja Rule had his version of "Pain," which I, I particularly thought was okay. And then uh, Eminem remixed it. And the original version is very hard to find, but you know, I got it because you know I collect records and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I mean, but let me ask you guys: What's your favorite uh, favorite post Pac album? Mine will always be "Are You Still Down." But even uh, though it's I not post post because of the recordings, okay, I right? Are but, still uh, down. You out. My favorite Pac recording it's a, it's uh it's it's until the, it's a tie between "Until the End of Time" and "Better Days," and okay. um, "Still I Rise" is a strong second. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't like how the beats like were changed. Down for Geronimo. I didn't like how the beats were changed, but you already explained it through the legal ramifications. A lot, yeah, of the stuff they couldn't get samples cleared. Some producers refused, so they did right. what they had to do. Some yeah. of the beats, some of the beats stayed the same though for certain songs. Yeah, now like, uh, life. good. Yeah, good life was it was one. Happy home was another one. So. Uh, last one's back. left was another. Um, Ballad of a Dead Soldier right. was another. Yeah. So, and Pac's life yeah. wasn't wasn't bad. That uh, no. yeah, that that Bone Thugs and Harmony remix about Swiss Beats made. Woo. I didn't like that. Swiss Beats, yeah, Crazy Bone did his thing. I mean, Crazy Bone did his thing, but I wasn't really a fan of the song overall. I, Am I, just, I wrong? Cause I wanna get it on till I die. And, the, and 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 untouchables, man. And maybe the greatest, the greatest line of all time. Niggas gossip like girls, they hide. They wait, wait. What he said? He was like, niggas gossip like girls, they hide. No offense to Nas, but this whole fucking world is mine. Mm. Oh man, oh man. Woo! I can listen to that. Amazing. I that song gets me hyped up. That puts a battery in my back, man. Um. So uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, well, I mean. I mean, we touched on so much with Pac, with his career, with his music and everything. I got another thing now. What he meant to the world, so. I got another thing. One more thing before we close it out. Imagine Pac really do well. A lot of people, if you may not know, some of y'all may be familiar with the movie Baby Boy. And Pac was originally. He was was supposed to play Jody. He was supposed to play Jody. He was supposed to be Jody. Yeah, that's why they they paid homage to him. And you saw Tyrese's picture of Tupac in the background, so that's more of a foreshadowing of what was really supposed to be that particular character. But they played Hail Mary and all. 
but imagine Pac really do Jody. How would that come out? He could have made it work. Tyrese did an excellent job, but I think know, Tyrese Pac did the best he can. Oh yeah, no question. But I mean, uh, it's, you know, so much has gone by. We we can't really go back in time to see if this really happened. And it sucks. Exactly. Because Pac, know, Pac, will, think, Pac will always be. He'll always be too proud. Man, and then, I wish I, I wish I could go back in time and go to Vegas and stop Pac from from uh, rushing Orlando, man. And it, I, I think Pac's mentality was just too much, man. He was just – I felt like he got ahead of himself a bit. And 25 was, years old. 25. And he 25 died at 25 years, years old. A lot, of, a lot of us don't even know who we are at 25 years old. No. No. And his birthday not too long. But Pac would have been 49 years old, man, if he was still living. Yep, Imagine yeah. all he would have done. That man would have been considered an OG by us young folk. He's still an OG no matter what. <laughs> so, so let's 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 cap it off. Uh, yeah, like you were saying, our uh, Pox legacy. We could go around the room. Like, what is his legacy to you, Al? To me, greatest rapper of all time. He is the best rapper to ever have graced a, a vocal recording booth, in my opinion. Um, and I and I say that because look at his he had a, a a very lengthy body of work. Well, the rapper you know, or or even musicians for that matter, that that worked that worked as hard as he did. Um, and because he he recorded a lot of songs that he didn't have to record. Uh, also his range as an artist, he could talk about yeah he'll shoot you one minute, the next minute he's making songs for his moms, the next minute he's. He's trying to uplift battered women, so he, he was very diverse as far as subject matter goes. Absolutely. What about you, Mac? Yo, what, what's up, man? What you think? Simply a transcender. He's 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 just someone who just, in my opinion, helped shift the game a bit. And he's also to me a revolutionary type rapper. This man held his ground. He did not back down. He told you he he gave you in his voice that would what he was going to talk about, no matter what. And arguably, he is one, if not the greatest of all times. And another thing, he is one of the most influential rappers that I've ever heard. How many He is really of an influential rapper. Or, let me take that back. Artist. He's an influential artist to the hip-hop game, in my opinion. So... Pac deserves to be honored as one of the top five, if not greatest of all time. That's it. And QG, what say you? You get the last word this week. I don't think that there's anybody more influential as far as a body of work and of not just what he said, but what of what he did and what he stood for. Like he opened up doors and inspired so many different rappers, even rappers who were still in the game. He had an influence on them as well. He made them change their whole life around, made them change what they rapped and what they talked about. Pac is the type of person you practice what you preach. Mm -hmm. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. And Pac was able to give us his gift, his writing, his spirit, his soul. And he said it, and I'll cap it off. Even after my death, I guarantee you, I will spark the brain of the person that's going to change the world. That's what Pac stood for. That's some that's the, and we're gonna leave we're gonna leave it on that note. That's some pretty strong uh pretty strong words. So uh ladies and gentlemen, this has been our magnum opus on Tupac. 
Um, we told y'all before this even started, this was going to be a lengthy episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, give us some feedback if you can, and yeah, that, that'll be it for this week. And uh, we got some surprises for y'all next week that I'm not going to speak about. Y'all just gonna have to tune in to find out what it is. Um, Tootsie Roll challenge is still going on, right? QG, you still accepting challenges? <laughs> uh oh. Uh-oh. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. I'm sitting on the throne with the crown on my head. I'm waiting for all the smoke. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you think that you can do a better Tootsie Roll than QG, um, post your post your video on either Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Make sure the post is public and hashtag it with the hashtag Rap Lab Pod. And if you can do a better Tootsie Roll than my man's QG, we're gonna get you a free Rap Lab T-shirt before they're available to the public. You heard? So uh, that's it for this week, folks, and uh, we're going to be out. Yes, sir. Peace.